Marcus. 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 Marcus Walbrook. Marcus. 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 I kind of was expecting someone else. He's uh, out of town for a bit. You've been palling around with suspected warlock Marcus Walbrook? Just Marcus Walbrook. No, uh, no suspected warlock. Are you associated with this, with this Marcus Walbrook? The only person who could have committed that crime was Marcus. Do you know where, where Marcus is now? What would you do if you found him? I mean, I, there's nothing I can arrest him for. But that sword doesn't come out to play. Actually, she's kind of doodled um, on a notebook a little bit. Just where are you? And then she puts the letter M and then she keeps stopping and scribbling it out. And then she keeps writing it again. Des has a picture of herself, Sylvester, Albion, and Marcus. Albion, did, did you see that? I saw someone. What? What's up? Was that, was that Marcus? If I knew that you knew Marcus, I would have just asked him sooner. Wait, you know Marcus? I talk to Marcus sometimes because he's in the Never Never a lot. Why is he there? It's his job. What's his job? Who is his employer? Titania! Fendra Lilu has flown over and opened a way. Yari Sin. This blast of summer wind rushes through and eviscerates the body snatcher. Titania sends her regards. Albion is not holstering his gun, first of all. He does not know why Marcus is here. He just looks at him. And I don't know if you've seen Albion like this, Marcus. I don't know if you saw him like this when we fought the hags the first time. Um, but he, his right eye is engulfed in silver flame. And that flame runs up his hand and his right hand is also engulfed in that flame. And it runs up his arm to his shoulder, basically. And he's just standing there looking at Marcus like, huh, holy shit. Got any other clever one-liners? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting on that. I wasn't sure if I should respond or if everyone else wants to get their reactions in. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> There's meh. I think that when Desdemona realizes that it's kind of over, even though, like, she's very shocked to see Marcus, she's actually going to run across the room and try to help uh, Beaumont up. I will have you make me a quick athletics roll because... There's still ice on the ground. It's going to be a one because you are aware of it being there. That's two. Okay, you're able to safely navigate the sort of thawing ice field that Beaumont is sitting in a little stunned. And you are attempting to help him to his feet. Yeah, she's just kind of kind of help, help him up. She, uh, she kind of uh, is shaking a little bit and she's also got a couple uh, tears running down her face. You also uh, hear from uh, just just a little ways away. Get off me, you fucking jackass! <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Rowan shoves uh, the white court vampire off of her, and he's like, "Oh God, all right, yeah, sorry." Uh, 
Yeah, hey, Sylvester. Oh, sorry, Marcus. Quick sidebar. Sylvester, why the fuck is your student here? That's a funny story that I don't really feel like fucking talking about right now. He said <laughs> I'm get. He said I get a passing grade in this class. God damn it. Is he is he legit like a white court though? Cause I, I mean, yeah. That's shut five. up about it. Yeah, shut up about it. Oh, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not planning to. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> not gonna shut up about it because I want you to. <laughs> no, that's a conversation we're definitely gonna have later. Anyway. Anyway, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that's an amazing question. Yeah, I would uh love some elaboration on that, Marcus. Well, you just said my name, so that kind of answers that question, doesn't it? <laughs> There's the one ladder. I knew there was another one coming. There's a hiss from uh, the, the ground over there. Marcus. I remember Marcus. Yes, you do, Keep bro. Keep quiet. Are you getting more metal shavings? Oh, hey, listen. <sighs> Rowan and I are actually friends now, so. What? She tried to kill you. Yeah. And then someone tried to kill her, and she came to me for help, and... I'm not gonna fucking say no. Hmm. She's I don't actually want sort to of under. My... She's kind of under my guest protection. She she backed off once you started explaining. Huh. I don't want to talk about it with you. <laughs> Just looks looks at Desdemona with a mixture of respect and pride, and then uh, looks back at everybody else. Huh. All right. Interesting. Hey hey Ro uh Ro. Yeah. Remember that. Remember that guy we kept talking about? The one that we've been talking about pretty much since uh, you showed up in Burlington? You guys have no, been talking I, I, about him. I know I know of Marcus. Uh, Des has that picture on her wall of you guys. Um, mm. Hi, Marcus. I, Rosetta Common. Big fan. Oh, hmm. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so you're, uh, you're with the Summer Court now, huh? Is that where you went off to all those months ago? Considering a uh, way opened up before I stepped into it, I thought that was obvious, but yes. I didn't know which court, because you weren't answering any fucking questions. Yeah, uh, Queen is very demanding of my time. Uh, apparently. Yeah, uh, we should, we should talk somewhere that's not where a bunch of weapon discharges happened, and screaming, hmm. right by a police station. Fendra Lou goes, I will take you there! Swoop! <laughs> We just get swooped. A way has opened for you all to step into. Oh, okay. I thought we got swooped. <laughs> we just all just... What? 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 Uh, uh, Fendra. Nah, Fendra's, Fendra's cool, but she can't do that. Yeah, Who else yeah. but Fendra Lilo? <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you. Fendra. Thank you, Fendra. So, Albion's gonna holster Gugnir. The flames are gonna go out. He's gonna walk through the way with his hand on his other gun, which is a revolver, with uh, shotgun shells in it that are full of metal shavings. <laughs> I came up with that. He did. Nice. Fendra, this isn't going to lead into my hydrangea bushes, is it? No, this <laughs> goes right to Never Never. <clears throat> it, it's not where it's going to go to. It's where it's going to come out. Is it going to come out in her hydrangeas? It comes out in Never Never. Do you not know how ways work? <sighs> we mean the other side, Fendra. Can you... Um, the I other know side is in Never Never. It's Rose. She means we're going her. out of the Never Never, you well, smart ass. She said we're going we'll to Fairyland, you dumb redneck motherfucker. We'll go, we'll go in the Never Never, <laughs> and then I will ask the question again in a minute. <laughs> Rose already gone through you. the way. She's gone. Sly has put his uh, 
uh, gunboats in a little, you know, one of those little uh, backpacks, and he's put on his regular dress shoes because, you know, fairies and iron and all that shit, so. Mm. How respectful. I love it. This is character growth. <laughs> and uh, he's going to say to Alfonso, uh, hey, you got that A, and uh, I will send that email when I get the chance. Oh, I am I not going? Okay. Uh, I mean, is he is he not going? I, I I don't feel like we should leave him here. I mean, I thought it, we were all going in one group or what? I don't know what we're fucking doing. I didn't make the plan, Sylvester. I don't know what the fuck's going on. We even had Rowan just grabs Alfonso by the arm, just goes ugh, and just walks him through. We're all going. <laughs> you have fired weapons in here. We want to vacate. And she's got a point. All right, whatever. <laughs> Everybody in. Yep. Everybody get in here. Okay. <laughs> As the way closes behind you, you can take a sort of stock of where you are in the Never Never. It is a somewhat verdant place. Uh, there are clearly uh, bushes and plants of you know varieties that you've never seen before because they grow in fairyland uh, and not in real life. But you can tell... Uh, with a little investigation, uh, some things. So why don't you all make a uh, anybody who wants to can make me a quick uh, investigation roll. Your target is a three. That is a negative one. I got I a two. I don't know shit. I also got a negative one. I got three. Okay. Uh, funnily enough, it is the least magically inclined person who actually notices a somewhat more mundane detail in the never never. Yes, yeah, sucking um, nerds. <laughs> doc you you feel like this place should be a little more lush than it is what with you know the the sort of brilliant sunlight in here and the you know the the clear water that is nearby uh which by the way rowan is already just like sort of departing briefly to go take a nice dip in and feel better about everything but yeah, as as everything is just sort of lush, but it's not as lush as you feel like it ought to be. You can see some patches of ground that seem a little a little dead, maybe just like a little less than you would expect. Some of the, it doesn't seem like whatever plants these are don't seem to be flowering in the abundance you might expect of a place like you're standing in. I think this is the kind of stuff that would make Hank Hill's eye twitch. It seems that way. That is what you observe about this particular place that you have stumbled into. And Warden Joseph Beaumont, who I assume got sort of walked through with uh, Desdemona. Is that a fair assumption? Oh, yeah. But she's always in front of between Bar Bowden, uh, Bo Beaumont, Beaumont and, um, and Marcus. Okay. Yeah. Marcus is definitely keeping his a fair distance, probably with Fendra away from the Warden. Does Joe need first aid or is he good? Uh, I, I don't, okay, I don't need to be helped, per se, right now. I, I will, I would love you to take a look at me in a little bit. Uh, right now we have more pressing matters, such as, Marcus Walbrook, how did you do that? Which part? Any of it. Well, Fendra here opened the way, and the magic gifted to me by the queen I used to destroy the Winterfell assaulting you. I didn't think it was very difficult to understand. You, how do you, how do you know Fendra, Fendra Lily? We made an acquaintance uh, during my work for the Summer Queen. 
Yeah, you, were... you keep... Okay, you keep talking about that. Mm-hmm. Fendra? Yes? <laughs> Did he send you to me? She does not answer for a moment. I... I came when there was pizza offered. Okay, you're not telling me the whole story. They never do. Okay, Fendra. Marcus, did you did you send this little pixie to me when I summoned when I summoned her for information? Yes. Not directly for you per se, but yes. Huh. So I thought I was just, you know, asking Fendra for information, but it was going the other way too, huh? Okay. Yes, this is how the Fey world works. A favor for a favor. Yeah, I don't need you to lecture me on how the Fey world works. Apparently, I do. Okay, can we not? Can you have your magical dick measuring contest another time? Actually, it's extremely important that we have a magical dick measuring contest right now, Doctor Cooper Smith. Do you know what this man, what they said he did, and what uh? It turns out, it seems like he was incapable of doing until uh, just one minute ago. You can see that uh, Warden Beaumont's hand is on his hip. He has not drawn his sword at the, the moment, but he is uh, definitely got his hand on the hilt. Beaumont, we are in the Never Never, talking to a representative of Titania. Do you really want to make that call right now? Yeah, you- In their place of power? Yeah, you're on their turf. Not to mention, from what I understand, you are about to die. And there's that. Hey, Marcus, I've missed you, but shut the fuck up and let me handle this. <laughs> Beaumont, this is not the time, and this is especially not the place. We make this move now, it might kill all of us. So get your hand away from the sword, and let's just keep walking. He pointedly does not take his hand away, but he does not make any further movements towards drawing it. He just sort of stares everyone down for a moment, and Alfonso, from the background, just says, I'm extremely lost right now. It's okay, me too. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad that we've got that in common, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you to explain what all this is about, but, uh, you know, I guess next time I see you, it'll just be for lecture. Sure, fine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I don't really want to be here. That's why I said right go home, now. and then she was like, let's drag everybody in, because, you know, we have to fire discharged weapons. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and I was correct. Oh, this feels so good. So refreshing. <laughs> What's the matter? You're too good for tap water? <laughs> yes. Yes, I Can am. Fucking fancy ass home, bitch. <laughs> Can we please go home? Yes. Okay, I know how to get there. I would very much like to do that. Fendra Lilu is willing to guide you to a point in the Never Never that links to, well, Desdemona's house, if everyone is willing to follow her. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You make your way through uh, some of this sort of odd plane. You find yourself- Ah, shit. Mm -hmm. My car is still over there. <laughs> oh no fuck <laughs> you can borrow my bike when we get home if you want I will probably do that <laughs> yeah look doc we'll, we'll worry about your car later don't you have some like white court 
that you know in the FBI, which I still haven't asked enough questions of you about for some reason. Uh, hey, um, student boy over there, do you, uh, do you, do you happen to know anything about, uh, white court FBI person? No, Alfonso replies. I don't know why you would assume that I would. (sighs) Anyway, moving on. Or we can just walk in silence, you know? One way or the other. The team has chosen silence, it seems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very awkward trip. So there is a a very brief trek through the Never Never. It's it's not particularly long. Albion, you actually remember this particular uh, path of travel because you got dumped into the Never Never somewhere near here. And then Fendra sort of grabbed you by the collar and uh, with showing strength that you didn't expect and sort of opened a way somewhere nearby and tossed you out. Yep, I recall. So this is a bit of a familiar Never Never locale for you. Oh, hey, this is where uh, this is where the shifter brought me when we threw down. That's fun. Got a lot of shitty memories. Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah, it was. They're not distant memories, but they are memories. It's okay. We will be out of Never Never. How? And then, whoop, opened away. <laughs> and, hey, look, Des, on the other side of it, you can see your bushes. <laughs> All these people are going to need new hydrangeas. Ro makes it a point to jump as far as she can over the bushes she lands directly on like a fresh bloom, but she's trying. Sly's gonna just it's March. There are no blooms. <laughs> Sly's gonna jump in. He's gonna make it because he's great. Beaumont <laughs> just like, says, "If everyone's done being impatient," and makes a little just makes some gestures with his hand and creates a little staircase of invisible force, mostly invisible force, uh, that you can safely traverse to go over your bush. As Sly has jumped over You're the bush, he says, stairs for squares. You could have you could have done this the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, how many times have I had to come through this way? The first time I didn't know I was about to step out onto, why is that what we're getting hung up on? Stairs are for squares. <laughs> can we just, can we just get into Dez's house, please? Okay. Dez, can we get in your house? Everybody in. familiar locale for everybody except for Alfonso is Desdemona Brown's house. Everybody has been there, and now so has this white court vampire student. Fendra Lilu closes the way behind you, but does not come through herself. Mm. You are now all, I believe, seated in Des's, uh, what was it, what would it be, lounge? Dining room? Parlor. Parlor. Yeah, that one. Yeah, her parlor. And uh, you're all you're all sitting in the parlor, and who is breaking this really tense, awkward silence first? Who wants tea? Alvin is gonna sit there, and he's gonna pull Gugnir from the holster and just set it on the table, as well as the revolver. And he's just gonna lean back in the chair. Now we're gonna talk. We are not gonna be snarky assholes about it. We are gonna be civil. This is Dez's house. And I don't want it turned into a mudslinging shithole. 
I don't intend to. That depends on the warden. Um, I don't think I need to be here for this. Yeah, uh, not, neither do I, pipes up Alfonso. Uh, Alfonso, Marcus goes, probably not, looks at Rowan, you probably should. This concerns you. Ugh. Huh. There is, there is bathroom upstairs that is, well, not exactly soundproofed, but just, just go, go there. Uh, oh, okay, sure. Alfonso, uh, walks upstairs as he says, I guess I'm gonna hang out in a bathroom in a stranger's house. <laughs> okay, uh, just come get me when you need me, I guess. You don't Why have to- have just sent us home? You can just- you can just leave, man. I- I'm gonna walk home. That's- that's what gonna, I'm gonna do. I was gonna call you a lift, but whatever. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, call me a lift. When it gets here, let me know. I'm actually just gonna go hang out in a bathroom for a bit. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> There's two bedrooms upstairs. He just walks upstairs to go somewhere. <laughs> Goes into the broom closet. <laughs> Goes into the attic. Yeah, nice and quiet. <laughs> Why is there an altar to Odin up here? <laughs> so Alvin's just gonna sit there again. He's gonna crack open a bottle of A8-1, slug down about half of it. <sighs> so. Marcus fucking Walbrook. Has Des come back with tea yet? Oh yeah, she's she's brought tea. Mm. Tea for everyone. Drinking some of it. Puts it down. Uh, that is one thing I have definitely missed. She smiles. Well, it's been a weird few months since you left, but I'm sure you've heard all about it. Uh, not as much as you think, but I've heard enough. Well, I'll give you the abridged version. Hmm. We, uh, dealt with a m monster problem. A bunch of Algonquin shitheads. Um, you remember those corpses that were turned up before you left? Yeah, it was that. The one, no, sorry, the, uh, corpse monsters? Yeah, those. Yes, yeah, we, they came back? Uh, yeah, they did. We, we dealt with it. Oh, that's good. And, um, uh, after that, uh, piece of shit wizard named Shadrach... Mm. Has been, uh, fucking around with our territory, and apparently has some friends in the Never Never on his side. So that's been fun. Mm, that's Shit's fun. been going on with the lake, there's been a ghost ship, a bunch of the walking dead, necromancy, we've disrupted several rituals. Um, hmm. and we got sidetracked by my shapeshifter friend there, who you helpfully exploded. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I gotta call my sisters and let them know that that shit, that loose end is tied up. Hmm. I knew about some of those, but not all of them. That puts more things that's been going on into perspective. <sighs> to be honest, I hadn't intended to come in, but I had asked Fendra to keep an eye on you, since I knew your knack for getting into trouble, all of you. Once I heard about the body snatcher and the situation you were in, well, I wasn't going to leave you to get massacred, so... And at this point, you are approaching the same issue I am. There's another problem. Hmm? That problem is called Suspected Warlock Marcus Walbrook. And that's the problem that he gestures to Warden Belmont. He has. 
your point? My point is, we've sort of gotten ourselves in with our friend here, Joseph Beaumont. Hmm. He's been there for us, he's helped us, he's pulled our ass out of the fire several times, but now he's in a bit of a difficult position. See, there's his job. Being a murderer, yes. Okay, remember when I said we're not going to be snarky assholes? Alright, I think I can speak for myself on this one, Albion. Thank you very much. That depends. Are we going to be snarky assholes? Because I already said that as a thing, as a term of this conversation, and we're already starting to cross that line. You know what? As a warden of the White Council, I'm actually going to speak for myself on this matter. And I'm not actually going to ask for your permission anymore, Albion. This isn't even your house. This isn't my house. This is Desdemona's house. Desdemona, may I have the floor? Please be... Just be kind to each other and just open to listening to both sides. Everyone, please. I'm going to speak plainly about the facts. And we're going to try to figure out how we move forward from those facts. I know that you, Marcus, are from a pretty reputable family. (laughs) Come from a line of wizards of respect, good reputation. And you were all set to become the next in that great line of wizards, the Walbrooks. You were going to uh, show up, pass some tests, and be a member of the White Council. And you started doing some tasks to really just, I don't know what, prove your worth? Prove yourself? I, I don't know what those, what you were doing in those assignments, but... Whatever it was, it ended with a man who is, uh, who's still catatonic years later. Well, years. It's been a year or two. It's not been that long, but that's more time than anybody should have to live the way that they do. I, I understand this person is, uh, a criminal of some sort. However, we can't actually really charge anything against this person because uh, they're incapable of doing anything, Marcus. You broke a man's mind. That is what you were accused of. <sighs> We've tried to get any sort of confirmation out of him that it was you, but he's nonverbal. Marcus, you wouldn't have really have done something like that. I know you. That's the tricky part. The only person that it made sense to have done something like that was Marcus. He had reasons, I understand, to be interrogating this particular individual for information. And, ah, well, bit of a stubborn reputation that one had, so I can't imagine they would have given anything up under normal circumstances. But we brought our friend Marcus here into trial for his apparent crime, and by all counts, it was impossible for him to have committed that act because he simply did not possess the magical power to be a wizard. 
you know that that weird sort of spark that you felt des the first time that you and i made any sort of physical contact um yeah well i felt the same thing from you the first time one of us makes contact with somebody else who's magically inclined we can feel the extent of their power it was not possible for marcus walbrook to have passed the test to be a wizard he didn't have control over enough of the elements which is remarkable because it sure seemed like he had it prior but then there was physical evidence said no it was impossible you made some sort of deal didn't you you did something with titania what did she say what did she do well to explain that i'll have to give my background on this yes warden I was part of a prestigious family. Yes, they were a powerful and respected family of wizards. However, it is not a boon as you seem to make it out to be. All my father cared about was our legacy, continuing the Walbrook name. There was me and my sister. My sister was essentially not cared about by him. She was at best a backup for his plans. I was the, I can't say apple of his eye. I was his obsession. Put through every trial, every task, all to prepare me to becoming a wizard of the infamous White Council. It was hell. Every mistake I made amplified, every success only just the next stepping stone. The pressure was immense. And the task you mentioned me going on probably should not have been sent on, but father knew people. Father knew people in the White Council who owed him, respected him, agreed with him. So I was given things I probably wasn't supposed to. Also, I could pass this damn test. And it got to me. I thought that in order to meet his wishes, I needed to get as powerful as possible. The mission I went on with you, Albion, was investigating a criminal. Different one, not the one we're talking about. And he had information of how to break the law of magic about entering someone's mind. I should have destroyed it, but I didn't. I was desperate to meet my father's approval and demands, so I kept it. Fast forward to the mission we're talking about. He was doing much the similar thing but he, I needed certain information from him to make it stop. Uh, it was a stockpile of where he kept his information. I grew desperate and frustrated and used the, the information I had, been, I had gained, which led to his broken mind. So yes, Warden, I did make that mistake. What happened is I realized I had made that mistake, and then I realized shortly thereafter that I was going to be killed for it. And sorry if you can blame me that I didn't want to die. Then at the worst moment, a voice appeared in my head who said that I can make sure I could live another day and I would owe her. And like many stories of people who make such deals, I agreed. That day, a few months back, is when she called, called on, it, on me for it. You actually did. 
you actually did it. Unfortunately, yes. I... I can't believe I was right. I... I mean... I always... I always thought I was, but... You actually broke the third law. And then... You... Made a deal... With the Queen of the Summer Court... To evade the consequences... Of that action. Yes, Warden, because I didn't want to die. I was 21. I made a mistake. A terrible one. But a mistake that was aided and abetted by my father and the White Council. Rules were broken to get me to that point. And further, part of the reason I'm doing this is to try to find a way to fix him. You can't. We use magic, Warden. There has to be a way. No matter how well-intentioned you are, you can't just go into someone else's mind to fix it. You don't know how. No one knows how to fix a mind. They're, they're, it's too much. It's too complicated. You will break it more. This is why we have those laws. You do it <laughs> once, and you want to do it again. And right now, you just said you want to do it again. To fix it. Which you can't. Says who? The White Council? Like, you're the uh, perfect embodiment of right. Alvin is just going to loudly sip from his bottle of Ale 8. Just put it down calmly on the table. Hey, Alfonso, your lift's here. <laughs> <laughs> I do not give two fucks about any of this. <laughs> you hear just somebody upstairs uh, stumbling uh, very quickly. Just, just boom, boom, a door opens uh, and just you don't even hear it shut behind and just down the stairs very quickly. Okay, thank you, Doc. Bye. <laughs> and just woo, he is gone from Desdemona's house. He he has exited. As quickly as possible. <laughs> oh yeah, I shit. Would like, Guys, I need your bike. I would like a I would like a turn to speak, if you don't mind. I can't fathom what in the world you're going to say here. Des, can I borrow your bike? It's in the shed. Thank you. Because I don't give two fucks about this. I'm taking the bike and getting my car. <laughs> Sylvester? <laughs> uh my Sylvester, car is also you're... there, so I'm gonna need a ride later, but before you go, bud, just Look, shit's still weird out there, so you keep your phone close, you'll let us know if something goes down, alright? Okay, Dad. Keep your eyes Thank open. Thank you. <laughs> Sylvester, your friend is also, in mortal peril. I would suggest that you might want to care a little more. I care, but I care the way a New Yorker cares. We just don't show it on the outside, but we care on the inside. Like, oh, you sad little bitch, we're so sorry that happened to you. Here, let me get that for you. Like, we'll help you, but we'll insult you every step of the way. Haven't you figured that out by now? Don't come I mean, back uh, later today. You can just leave my bike in the shed when you come back. I will do that. Bye. Hey, Sylvester, before you go, one last thing. What? Thanks for backing me up back there, bud. Aw, you're welcome, Snugglebuggles. Bye. <laughs> I see so, he hasn't changed. No. You think he... I don't think he can. No. He's changed... I mean, you can't... He's changed in a lot of ways, but the fundamental Sylvester is still the sil fundamental Sylvester. That is an unshifting rock of a man. I just don't want to beat the anyway. shit out of every wizard, just the douchebags. Hmm. 
Yeah, so make sure you don't qualify for that list. So, here, if I might speak a piece. Marcus, do you mind? Go ahead. Warden, do you mind? I'm fascinated as to what you're going to say next. Beaumont, I have worked with the White Council. I have taken contracts directly from the White Council for my talents. You and I both know that just like in the real world that I've been dealing with since before I knew this whole shit existed, there are people in authority who will abuse it. There are people in authority who will use it to manipulate things to their advantage and then use that same power to cover it up so no one ever traces it back to them. Marcus broke the law. That is undeniable. Marcus was aided in that by people in your order. Now, the way I hear it, it's very rare, but there are exceptions in trials where someone who has broken the law will be allowed to live. Do you honestly think you would have gotten a fair chance? You think the people who were there who got him involved wouldn't have done what they could to wash their hands of it? Marcus was in an impossible position. I'm not going to defend what he did, but I'm going to say I think that we can at least try to understand the position he was in. Warden Beaumont is giving you probably the single most withering glare that he has ever given anybody in his life. And he says, deadly quiet, Don't you dare deign to lecture me on things that you don't understand, Albion Graves. These are laws that possibly predate man. You know nothing of which you speak. The power that we wield comes from our belief in that power. What we do with it has to be what we believe that power is meant for. By breaking the law that he did, it meant that he truly believed in that moment that violating the sanctity of the mind of another was the right thing to do, otherwise he could not have done it. I'm not litigating that, Beaumont. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But yet you speak out of ignorance all the same. Beaumont, I'd like to think that I've gotten to know you since we started this. I like to think... Let I know the measure of the man you are. And the Beaumont I know, or at least the Beaumont I hope I know, believes in justice as more than just that. It's the only reason why his head isn't on Dez's carpet right now. <sighs> so I'm asking you, not just as the warden, not just as our ally, but as my friend, to give him a shot here. To give him a chance to prove his intent. You're right. I don't understand the White Council. But I understand you. At least I'd like to think I do. And I'd like to think I know what separates you from men like Detective Sergeant Ditko. Please. Do you know what your biggest failing is, Albion? I have some ideas, yes. You moralize to people that you don't understand. You're asking me to go against 
millennia of tradition and understanding of the nature and order of the universe to give a second chance to somebody who just said, I broke the law and I will do it again. Pardon me if I don't feel all that compelled. There is just a horrible tense silence in Dez's house. Well, let me put it a different way to you then, Beaumont. He's useful to us right now. I imagine he knows what's going on with the lake more than we do. I imagine he understands a lot of the threats that are facing the city that we are going at half-blind. If you want to keep him alive out of justice or moral reasoning, fine. But we need him right now. We can get any information we need through other means. So, again, that does not compel me to overlook such egregious violations of fundamentally important rules. Then how does this end, Beaumont? What do you see happening here? Because right now, we could be at a stalemate for years at this point. I mean, you could go for his head, sure, but he works for Titania. And also, you probably would have to kill every person in this room in order to get him. Like, what, are you going to take him away in, in handcuffs? You think it's going to be that easy? There wouldn't be handcuffs. He draws a long sigh. <sighs> However, Albin is correct on one thing. We have bigger problems at the moment. You've chased people longer than I have been chased or suspected. This current crisis can be dealt with. And then you can pursue your traditional moralizing at a later date. The crisis with the lake and what's going on, Warden, has the Queen of the Summer Court concerned. I have only met her twice. Technically, in person, the first time, a few days ago. To express her concern as to what's going on and my duty in fixing it. If that doesn't give you an idea of how fucked this city is, then please resign as a warden. The silence hanging in Dez's lounge is maddening in its depth and its length. It feels like nobody is breathing, and even the ghosts that always haunt Dez's home are holding their breath, waiting for a response. And Beaumont just looks between everybody and seems to just sort of wrestle with the situation and says, finally, I want to make a few things clear. First, <laughs> I don't know if everybody here actually does know me as well as they, uh, they think they do. We've... We've been friends, we've been allies, we've saved each other's lives, but you all, you all have an idea of me that I just, I, I don't see as fundamentally true. You keep telling me that we can't, that I can't do my duty as a warden because this person is backed by the Queen of the Summer Court. I don't give a single fuck who backs whom when it comes 
to the breaking of magical laws. Because if I was somebody who was unwilling to do the duty that I was assigned to do by the White Council because I was afraid of the personal repercussions that I might die in doing it, I wouldn't be a warden of the White Council. You all remember that I survived a war with the Red Court, correct? I saw friends die to those monsters and to their dogs that they summoned from places I can't even begin to describe. So if you think that I'm going to be swayed by something like that, you have not been paying attention. Further? That wasn't my argument, but go off, I guess. Yeah, it was Dez's, though. Only Marcus and I, I think, truly understand the depth of the shit that we are in right now and the kind of crossroads that we find ourselves at. I... I don't want to kill you. I don't. It's my job to do so, but I don't want to do it. You did just save my life. I was about to die. That's for sure. I, I couldn't do anything about it. I don't, still don't understand why you saved my life, knowing that you know exactly who I am and what I think about you, but you did it nonetheless. And that's a bit hard to reconcile with somebody who continues <laughs> to spout that they will break the law. Best interests at heart? Sure. I will happily grant you that. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And you and I both know that there are quite a few hells that exist, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And I've been through some of them here on Earth. And just because you have a really difficult story of trying to keep up a family legacy, that's... I... I'm sorry. I really am. Obviously, I had no idea of your upbringing. Just the weight of the reputation that you come from. I know. Can I do an empathy check? Sure. Three is your base, and then any success above that is going to be more helpful. Got a three. Um, I'm actually going to spend a fate point uh, born with a gift in order to make it up to a five, because Des needs to desperately needs to understand right now because he just said that she knows nothing and i hate that okay valid i will accept your fate point and uh you are you are looking at somebody who is so deep in over his head that it's it's a miracle that he still breathes. And you will get an assessment of one of his aspects, and you have learned what you believe to be Warden Beaumont's trouble aspect, which is perpetually in over my head. Somehow, this man is just always at a disadvantage and always in a position where everything could collapse around him and take him down with it. Albion is going to say one more thing. All right. Maybe I don't understand you, Beaumont. Look me in the eyes so I do. He's going to look Beaumont right in the eyes. Uh, Beaumont 
quickly uh, is actually going to have to make a roll. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you remember what this is. Soul gaze. Soul calbagaze. <laughs> <laughs> what should I be rolling to try and do this? Um, I'm, I, I'm not forcing him in. I'm not forcing him into it, but you. Well, I mean, you are attempting to make eye contact I'm, I'm, with him I'm, deliberately. I know he's not making eye contact with me. But I'm looking at his eyes. Okay. So you're looking where his eyes would be if he was to reciprocate, essentially. Yeah. Okay. I would like to try to implore him to. Is there a role I could do for that? Report? He, well, yes, but uh, he is about to. He's about to say. Are you quite certain uh, and is not making direct eye contact with you? Beaumont, you just told us we don't understand you. I would like to, so that we're on equal footing. And I also would like you to understand a little bit more about me, so that we can stop talking about each other's failings and apparently insulting each other. When Warden Beaumont makes eye contact with you, I want you to describe to me what a soul gaze with Albion Graves looks like. There is a long road oh, right. in the middle of Oklahoma, just through the wilderness. That road is littered with bodies. Not of monsters, but of people that Albion Graves couldn't save. In the, the very first body you see is a high school is a high schooler, a young man with his throat torn out. And you see others. You see even the body of the lawyer that was in the morgue. Not the lawyer, the guy the agent from the morgue. You see the body of uh the werewolf that was killed by the troll. You see the body of several homeless people from Burlington. You see all of this, and every time he walks past one of them. It's like another bit of weight is added to this heavy satchel strapped to his back. And Albion keeps standing upright with it. Albion keeps holding himself up, and you see the more he walks, the more he the more it feels like there's a hand holding him up. And with that hand there is just this peal of thunder and the sound of a raven's cry. You see Albion with blood on his hands that he cannot clean. You see Albion just walking on this road and although there is someone there holding him, keeping him upright so that he isn't spiritually alone, physically he is alone on this road. And there are eyes in the dark on either side of it, staring at him, glaring out of that shadow. And every time one of those sets of eyes lunges out, it is a shapeless, formless malice that Albion raises a hand, and there is a spear that he stabs it with and smites it back down. And that means there's not more bodies on the road, but it doesn't get rid of the ones he's walked past. Okay. When you look into the eyes of Warden Joseph Beaumont. You see the young man who you recognize as Beaumont. It's a statue of Warden Joseph Beaumont. And this statue is not just of Beaumont. It depicts a man 
who, despite the fact that this is carved out of just stone, you can tell that he is just covered in blood and ichor and other just things that are too horrible to name. Despite, again, that this is carved into just gray stone, it is impossible to understand what you are looking at in any other way. And you can see that he is just knelt down on one knee, barely holding himself up with the warden's sword stuck into the granite beneath. And from the way that his chiseled arms just sag and his back is hunched, you can tell that it is the only thing keeping him upright. This symbol of his convictions, this symbol of the organization that he belongs to, this belief that he has in magic and the rightness of what he must do and the importance of doing the thing that is right. This thing just sort of crystallized into the symbol of this sword that is stabbed into the ground as you sort of take a step back and see that not only is he hunched over his own weight, but the weight of everything. There are red court vampires, things that you have only heard of. You've never seen because this man was part of a war against them, a war that apparently ended in their eradication as they have fangs bared uh, and just claws dug in as if gargoyles uh, uh, around him and you, you see these shapes that you cannot define pressing in against him. Again, carved out of stone, but impossible dimensions that you can at this point only infer are some sort of representation of the burden of this sort of knowledge that the outside is out there and that even he cannot look at it to see it and know it as his eyes sunken into the granite are cast down to this point in the ground where his sword breaks the ground beneath him. And you don't know how you know this, but hell awaits below. Now we make some rolls. What am I rolling? Part one of a soul gaze is a mutual psychic attack. You must roll your conviction as an attack defended by the other discipline. Uh, my conviction is a seven. Okay. Now, roll Discipline against a Conviction. That is also a 7. I rolled all 4s. All pluses, rather. Wow. Somehow, you actually managed to avoid taking any damage. Second element is information, which we did just describe to each other. You are going to basically understand and know an aspect of the other in this case. So which of those aspects does your soul gaze inform him of? The high concept. Okay. 
Hard traveling, magic dabbling, gun and singing monster hunter. Okay. So for him, you have definitely learned his trouble aspect. Cause Des, you got you got this mostly from oh. the empathy role, but a soul gaze is gonna give you uh the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Always outnumbered, always overwhelmed, always about to break. Is the gaze broken? The gaze is broken, and you can see that Beaumont is struggling. Uh, It looks like whatever he saw was very intense and did cause him some, some level of pain. Albion is going to just calmly stand up and walk over, apparently unfazed, and he's just going to slowly extend a hand to Beaumont. We're your friends, Beaumont. You don't need to carry this alone. We may not understand. We may not always agree. But we fought together. We've bled together. And you don't need to handle this on your own. We need each other. Should I make a roll for this? Uh, what are you trying to do? Just kind of at least make him less... Feel less like he's being attacked. Feel less like he's has to be on the defensive and maybe calm a bit of the aggression and frustration he's feeling. So you'd be attempting to do a social maneuver then? Yeah. Okay. The intended effect is a, a temporary aspect, I presume? Yeah, I guess, to make him feel, to kind of smooth things over, but also to remind him that we're his friends. Would you say it would be something uh, to the effect of, we're all on the same side here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a rapport. What's my target? Uh, He's going to defend against it. You set the difficulty with your attack. All right, that is two pluses, so that is a four, but I would like to tag... Um, Lone Wolf or Pack Hunter, I'm versatile. You don't actually need to invoke anything because he has, he does not meet the four. Okay. So you do not need to give me fate points, which I can't believe I'm saying this to you. (laughs) (laughs) I could have just let you keep talking. But uh, you do not need to invoke anything uh, to be successful in putting this maneuver on him. You have used a social maneuver to basically remind him we're all on the same side. We're all in this together and we're all trying to come to the best solution on this together to sort of break some of the antagonistic nature of this conversation. Yeah. Right now, there's one thing that brings us all together, and that is that we care about this city and the people in it. And I'd like to think that we care about each other. The hand is still out. This hand is still outstretched. I, Albion. Yeah. Okay, and he just takes your hand and sort of awkwardly shakes it a little, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then says, "Marcus, Beaumont, I don't trust you. I wouldn't expect you to. I need you to make me trust you." You would like me us to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I am so very tired of lying. Yes, 
It's fine. I agree. You already know what it looks like uh, from my description to Albion of what it looks like to soul gaze. Yeah. Our friend here. What does it look like when a warden of the White Council soul gazes Warlock Marcus Walbrook? I would like to say, as just one side note, Albion is just going to walk over and just put an arm around Des gently. So, I guess the best image would be he's walking in across like a bridge and comes into not the same architecture, but the same overall state of Osgiliath. Uh, it is, there's clear that this was once a great city, bustling, beautiful, the height of power, but has fallen into disrepair. Broken buildings, destroyed streets, remnants of what, what once once was. And at some point he will look down and see the foundation of the city seems to still be holding it up. But upon closer inspection, there are huge cracks in it. Clearly the weight of this city, even broken as it is, is starting to overwhelm it. And he can see signs of desperate, like, mortar work. Like, very, very shoddy. Random, haphazard almost. Which some of it seems to be helping. Some of it seems like it's, it's, it's not really doing anything. It's just splattered on. Just a desperation to try to keep it up and running but he can't. And I guess like, towards the center of the city, if he goes in it, uh, see a figure there, sort of bowed under basically chains to that low up to a tree. And there's the, the clearly like a tool, like uh, I guess it would be uh, the thing you use to like scrape mortar and whatnot in his hands and it's broken. And it's, like, constantly trying to put it together, like, glue, tape, something. But every time it seems like it works, it just falls back apart. And with every repetition of this cycle, you can kind of see more tiredness, more frustration, more just desperation, wanting to give up, but always going back to doing it again. Let's make a mutual psychic attack now. Uh, conviction, right? Yep. Your conviction versus his discipline. That's just going to be my base, a five. Okay. And now he is rolling conviction, and you roll discipline. Ooh, that's not good. Well, that is awful. Okay, I get a one. Okay, cool, because uh, he got a six. You are going to be taking five shifts of mental damage. Brain freeze. So that's three. So you're opting to take a mild mental consequence and three mental stress, correct? Yes. Okay. Just pick a name for that mild mental consequence and write it on your sheet. Force of will. Okay. Moving forward, he looks at you and he now can hold eye contact with you. And he just says, yeah, so we understand each other. A little better now, don't we? Moderately, yes. Yeah. So you you know that I know that there are certain things basically put in place to keep the universe from descending into chaos. And I've survived a fair number of them. Yes, yes you have. 
and that you have been crushed under the boot heel of the weight of reputation. Reputation of my family and the reputation of the White Council. I absolutely cannot condone or forgive the things that you have done because you knew that they were wrong when you did them, Marcus. As much as I understand your tragic backstory and as much as I feel awful about what you've been through, you and I both still know what you did was wrong. Yes. And forgiveness is not what I'm looking for. Because, as you said, it's unforgivable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I know that. All I'm looking for, Beaumont, is just the chance to make it right. I can't undo it. That it happened. That's impossible. This shit's gonna uh, be Harry Dresden all over again. Oh, uh, please no. I've only heard stories and no. Yeah. Is that that guy from Chicago I've heard a little bit about? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's not get into it. It's a headache even for me, and I'm not even involved. Oh my God. Anything you've heard about, don't. Yeah. Marcus? Yes. Once this is all over, I'm going to take you to Edinburgh, and we're going to walk in front of the White Council, and I am going... I can't believe I'm saying this. I am going to put my neck on the line, and I'm going to petition... I'm going to petition the Council that you become my fucking apprentice. Do you understand? There's a moment where, and you don't need to roll like empathy or anything for this, where he stares at Beaumont for a moment, uncomprehending, and then you can see basically the built-up mask he has drop, and you can see the desperate hope on his face as he starts to understand what he's saying. And Marcus goes, I, I do. I don't care if I'm indentured to the White Council, working off my debt for the rest of my days. I just don't want to die, and I want to work off what I did. If that's what it takes, I accept. That's all I've ever wanted for. Then what we are going to do, you and I, is we are going to spend the next whatever it is amount of time from here forward figuring out what the hell is going on and you are going to prove yourself to be reformed so that I can walk into that room and honestly tell them that you deserve a second shot in the face of all of this (sighs) that's a deal I can happily make partially why I'm here. Albion just looks at Des and just gives her this wink. She's actually um, not looking at anyone right now. She's kind of in her own head right now. He's just gonna give her shoulder a little squeeze. (laughs) That's the one I was hoping for. Hello, 
everybody! This is Michael, your Game Master, your best friend. You know what, I'm just gonna be those two things this week. I don't need to be everything to all people. I would like to thank you people, however, for listening to this show that we do. Uh, it's really quite something that we have people that actually listen and enjoy to this thing that we make. I know I say that a lot, but it's still... It's still humbling, and it's still wonderful, so thank you very much. This is the last episode of our Chapter 3 arc, so the next episode is going to start a new adventure for the group. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to the very dialogue-heavy drama of this one. I promise we'll get back to fighting monsters and stuff next time. Or maybe two episodes out. I don't know. I can't tell the future. Who knows? Anyway, my oracular powers are pretty miserable because I haven't studied up on future telling. But if I needed to find a book that would tell me about how to tell the future, I might have to check on Abe Books first. Because they're an online marketplace listing millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items, as well as cheap textbooks. So I feel as though if I wanted to go somewhere so that I could really learn how to auger properly, I might find uh, the book I'm looking for in their incredible collection. A Books connects you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide. So somebody's gotta have a book, right? I mean, I can't just be throwing bird bones in a bowl and hoping. Man. I'm going to have to go check a books. And when I do, I'm going to go to affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn. That's affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn. Thank you, as always, to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as other shows that you will probably like, like Cult Classics and Steampunks and Pokemakers, which is our newest podcast that has had three guest episodes, and they've been me, Tom, and Gwen. We like the show. We think you will, too. It's very fun. Just can't get enough of Green Mountain Mysteries? Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GMMCast. Join our Discord, the link to which is in the description. We do Jackbox games. We did some last night. Obviously, it was a ton of fun. If you want to tell other people about the show... I mean, please do. We totally rely on word of mouth for advertising. Uh, tweet about us with the hashtag GMMCast. We also like to take people who have tweeted about the show and use your names as NPCs with your permission. Uh, it's a nice kind of fun way to be like, hey, I talked about the show. I'm in the show. That's me. I don't know if people actually work like that. I'm bad at social media. Uh, I should probably stop taking up your precious time and let you get back to the conclusion of this adventure. Back to the episode! Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah! Wanna listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're gonna sort things! Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin! Shrek's a Gryffindor! Your dog is a Hufflepuff! And all Ravenclaws are robots! Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network! Well, now that 
we're done stretching the limits of hospitality here. Um, yes, uh, speaking of hospitality, hi, I am still here and have been witnessing all of this that I don't really give any shit about. I have been hyper-focusing on the fact that you said that there is something that has gotten Queen Titania very upset. And Yes, uh, yes. Yes, why don't we get back to that? Because all of this family drama is so boring to me. Uh, speaking of family <laughs> drama being boring, Sylvester, you're back. <laughs> yes. Hey, Sylvester, you're here I, for the good part. Oh, great. I, I, <laughs> Sylvester had to skip the cutscene part uh, mod. You know, he, he lucked out. Just mash the A yeah, button he, the whole time. Hey, you're skipping all the good parts. Uh! Alvian is going to walk to the fridge, grab himself another AL8, and just plop one in front of Marcus and one in front of Beaumont. Flip his open and just take another slug. Hey, get All me. All right, so what the fuck is up with the lake? Get me He's one gonna... of those. I want to know what your weird water tastes like. You're not going to like it. <laughs> he walks back to the fridge and tosses one to Rowan. Okay, well, uh, in, in a moment I shall try this ale eight one. But... Hey, Row, you've been, uh, you've been quiet. You holding up all right over there? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. There's a lot to learn. Bro. Yes. You have been silently dealing with something this whole time, and mm -hmm. it is because you drew upon so much of your fey heritage mm. to attempt to fight the body snatcher. Mm -hmm. You need to make me a roll versus being automatically compelled to make the choice right here now. Oh, beans. Okay. <laughs> given how much power you threw around, we're going to be setting the challenge to that, which I believe was six. Yes. Okay. Oh, fuck. So it's a, it's a deceit roll for you to resist the compel. Oh. Um. Okay. What, what did you roll? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit. So... Gwen. Um, no. My roll itself is a negative one. So give that to my four. Or three. Uh, would you like some <sighs> okay. fate points, sir? <laughs> that, okay, that's way better than I thought. When you said, oh, I was like, oh no, it's negative gotta be all negative. <laughs> I only want as many fate points as you are willing to give me if you don't want to have to make that choice right now. Uh, well, I don't want to have to make that choice right now. I'm waiting until a much more dramatic moment that I'm <laughs> sure will come down the line. <laughs> That's fair. What, uh, what fate points would you like? You need two. Yeah. Well, the first one I'm going to go with is not what I seem, because I spent a lot of last time doing seemings, and that's kind of what part of what drained me at the start so I'm I think I'm a little more in tune with you know the magic side of me that I can kind of control it a little better if that makes sense okay what's your other invoke that's a good question <laughs> I think you have no power over me because Ro was doing all of this she heated up a whole power plant 
to save her friends from something that was extremely powerful and would have killed all of them if given the chance. So this is her trying to actively defend herself and others against something that is way beyond what they would have been able to handle. I thought when you said you have no power over me, you were going to be like, hey, <laughs> I can I can control this. You got no power over me, Summer Court, but you know what? Sure. I mean, that that's a better what you said. <laughs> <laughs> that's better. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did, did I accept I both of those. Okay. <laughs> Therefore, you have bumped your deceit to a seven, which exceeds the six, and you are not compelled to make the change. Now the choice has to make me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't accept the thing you just said. <laughs> Except I semantically... Ah, oh, damn it. That was cleverer than I thought it was. Ah, I'm angry now. Um, <laughs> you have been sitting there basically with this sort of internal conflict about your own competing natures. And that's been a pretty significant distraction. Uh, like, yes, you've been tuned into all of this going on because it's intense. And at the end of it, somebody could have died, but uh, you haven't contributed largely because you have been fighting an internal battle that you are, you have managed to work through and sort of keep a hold on yourself and your dual nature and your ability to hold both things true simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Oh, you okay? I, I just feel really hot right now. Um, Des, can we open the window? <laughs> uh, it's March, but um, yeah. If you're if you're not feeling. Uh, yeah, I'll go open a window, sure. Yes, please, let that winter air in. I would like this very <laughs> much. Wait, we've been getting you hot water. Do you want cold water? Look, at this point, <laughs> it was distilled water. I was going to take what I could get. I mean, I, 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 I actually legit feel bad now, Rowan, because we've been just boiling water and then putting it in the tub for you. I thought... Man, I feel inconsiderate as fuck right this now. This boiling, it does something to clean the water, yes? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. So I understood that this was just part of the process for you, so I I did not grin, but I did bear it as I am house guest. Yeah, we're supposed to boil it and then put it in the fridge. I mean, we can do that. Or I can just get, like, a fucking Brita filter. That too. Or I can find somewhere else. If that exists, but we can talk about that after <laughs> we address elephant in room. Yeah, what's the yeah. thing? So, Marcus. Yes. You got beans. Open up that can and spill them. <sighs> so, I was. Pour the tea, yes. I wanted say. to start actually with what you know of what's going on. Because I've kept some tabs on you, mostly through Fendra. But I, it's not like I've, you know been able to know everything that you've done and everything that you know. Did so... you know that Champ is a wizard? What? <laughs> Champ, the Lake Champlain monster, is a wizard. I did I, not know this I, either. What? I, I... How? We don't know, but it is fucking cool. He's a plesiosaur. That I... explains a few things. I had not met this Champ. 
Chip is a giant lake lizard, right? He's a plesiosaur. Looks at <laughs> looks at the warden. Are there any records of this for the White Council? Something like this? No, um, not a one. Huh. Man, Burlington's a weird place. Okay. It is incredibly weird. I'm going to file that away to marvel and be confused another time. Um, There's a restaurant called Zavian Elf's. That is the icing on the weird-ass city cake. You know what else is strange? You, you are apparently, you work for Queen of Summer, Titania. Yes. How do you work for her? <laughs> uh, carefully. Because I have not heard of this summer night being, uh, I don't know, disposed of. He or wasn't. this summer lady, you would not make a very good summer lady. No, no, I would not. <laughs> you, you, are, you are very correct. Uh, I don't have the fashion sense. Um, but, no, uh, I am the summer squire. I wasn't aware that was a thing. It kind of was. As was I. But I'm, I am making it a thing. That has been partially why I haven't been keeping better tabs on you to make sure you don't die, because that has been consuming a lot of my time other than doing the tasks she wants me to do. Well, we fought mobsters. We made sort of friends with a she. Uh, we Which killed she? a whole shit ton of zon- uh, Shivanji. Hmm. Do I? Know that one? You are familiar with this social climber, she. Okay, okay. Uh, let's make sure it's the oh. right one. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, the one climbing up the ladder. Okay. Is that what she's been doing? Yes. Ro Look at is... that, Ro. Your mom's a social climber. What? Uh, uh, Ro was just gripping the couch hard. Not not moving. Is uh, Without rolling empathy, is, are you just obviously broadcasting how that topic is making you uncomfortable? I don't think it's conscious. I think she's just... It's just happening. Okay. Well, that's not really the focus of the conversation, so I'll just, again, file that under for another time. Um, anything else? So she broke the rules by not breaking them. <laughs> oh, she really is clever. Are you talking about the queen, or are you talking about the she? I, oh, Titania. Okay, okay. There's yes. always the mother and the queen and the lady. The, they always have their knight. But. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I see. She got around. <laughs> she got around this sort of natural order of things by making you this squire to the knight. So basically, what you're saying is that you actually have no real power in the never never. Rowan, we not exactly. Have other stuff going on right now. Can you just um, can it with the condescending bitch stuff, please? I will try my best to set my nature aside for now. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, Marcus. Anything else about, I know you've been dealing with various problems, but have you found anything Shadra. about what's affecting the reason, the region? Well, the biggest problem we've had is, as Rose said, Shadrach. It's all Shadrach. Do I know anything about uh, Shadrach, Mike? Sorry. That name does not ring a bell for you. Huh. As far as we can tell, he's some kind of necromancer. Fun. We've also discovered that the um, 
ship that came out on New Year's Eve was the Bosquin, and we've sort of triangulated where there are other possible ship activity of some kind mm-hmm. in uh in the lake. Do you have a map of it? I think Sylvester does. Yeah. Okay. Can you pull it out? I mean, are you allergic to technology? Oh, backs away a little more. <laughs> I think we have a we have a grandpa map around here. Give me a second. <laughs> it's probably we probably left it in the study. It's Des's house. You absolutely do. Okay. <laughs> it's in the study. Okay, here's the grand. It's a grandma map. Here's the grandma map. <laughs> uh, they. It's th- right near the vampire flowchart. It is next to the vampire <laughs> flowchart. They have managed to point out. I I feel like you guys would explain the the whole bit with the ley line diversions and how it all kind of triangulates to a a certain area, uh, somewhat wide, but not as wide as the lake, for sure, uh, in which a boat was sunk and a boat was raised. Anything else? Uh, what about city, like the park near City Hall? Like we found, like, it looked like it could have potential magic or something like that. Remember it was chthonic? You have reason to suspect uh, there's something weird, magical, and very powerful that is going on there. Um, It feels like the epicenter of something. You have no idea what, because it was hard to look at in the site. Sorry, now when you say it's chthonic, what do you mean? The word chthonic means of or relating to things beneath the earth or the underworld. So there's a park that has some strong magic that you felt. You said it was hard to look at in the site? It nearly took me out. That has to be really powerful. And you said it had a chthonic aspect to it. Yes. Underneath the earth or the underworld. Well, okay, good to know. Well, what I know is more big picture, not bits and pe- the bits and pieces that you guys have. At first, I was sent on random, what felt like random tasks, basically just bouncing around Burlington and the surrounding area. But after the meeting with the Queen, things are making a bit more sense. The meeting with the Queen was caused because, as I hope you are aware, there's a lot of dead fish coming out of the lake now. Yep. And that's not just... Bro tried to steal one. That. What? Okay, well, let's not get into... Okay. Um, fish. And it's not just a case of some idiot, like, dropping a car battery or something into the lake. Like, something is actively affecting the lake, because, uh, pro tip, that lake is one of several barometers of the balance between the two courts. It's what? The nature in that area, the environment has a mix of both winter and summer court. So the balance between the two and how they're doing is measured in the health and natural decay of that area. This is some kind of unnatural decay that is affecting that balance. Hence why the queen is very concerned. So Beaumont pipes up. You know, I'd I'd always suspected that there was something about this region because you can have unseasonably warm days anytime during the winter and then snow squalls just show up whenever 
It, exactly. You know, it's the weather around here has always been strange. Hell, they wanted to put Winooski under a dome to keep, uh, you know, <laughs> keep them sort of safe from uh, just how bad the winters can get around here. Right. <sighs> okay. So I don't know if it's these necromancers or if they're the symptom of a greater problem, but something is causing this to happen. I was looking into it when I heard of the fight underneath the plant. So I haven't gotten any further than that, but some of the things you have mentioned definitely seem like they're tying into this. Sly, you remember that the part of the Never Never that you walked through seemed a little off, even to your sort of rudimentary understanding. Do you want to bring that up? Oh, hey, uh, the fairy grass was looking kind of, uh, patchy. Is that normally how it is? I'm sorry, come again? Yeah, we were in the... We were in uh, Dreamland, you know? Uh, never, never, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, some of the patches of grass look dead. So, is that normally what it is like? Or is that, like, a new thing? No, that's definitely new. Hmm. Like, it wasn't just, like, less. It was dead, you said. Yeah, like... Like, somebody didn't water it. Okay, that's, I, I thought, like, while well, a few dead fish was a concern, it makes sense why the queen wanted to meet about it, but that would explain why. It's affecting the never-never. Well... Beaumont just curses in French. <laughs> oh, this is... This is bad. This is so much worse. It's very, very bad. Yeah. Rowan, I don't suppose we have the extreme luck of you having any idea of the Winter Court's reaction to all of this? Oh, no, I have been around here ever since I encountered you just trying to hunt my prey, Albion. However, uh, I... You mean your friend Al now. I... <sighs> you were saying... Thank you. <laughs> I... I did find my way here, I will explain now, it is embarrassing, because if I had stayed in the lake for too much longer, I felt that I would die. So, it's because Summer is currently the one in, in power in the lake? Is that what you're implying? No, I'm not. If, I hate to ask, because yeah, I'm not sure you really want to relive it, but... What was it about the lake that was killing you, if it's something you can describe? Well, for one thing, the water that you have here is uh, disgusting, to start. It is nowhere, it's nothing like the water that we have in the Never Never, pure, pristine, taken mm. care of by its stewards, which you apparently are all quite poor. But it was worse. There was... There was not just the regular sort of grossness. There was almost a... I don't have good terms for this, but... I guess a spiritual sickness in the sort of rot and mire that naturally lives inside of a befouled place like your Lake Champlain. So it wasn't just, like, physically ailing you. It was beyond that. Well... Uh, column A, column B. I mean, well, yeah, obviously a mixture of both. 
I don't know how you humans stand it. Are you, like, built to go into really gross water all the time? You go in this place for pleasure. We're kind of idiots. Yes, I have gathered, but let's move forward. So, the lake especially is a barometer between the two courts. It's being sickened by a spiritual and physical sickness. There's necromancers running around. A ship was sunk and raised at specific points within it. And there's a really strange, almost sight-proof park. And also we had a bunch of, uh, you know, monsters uh, converging on the area uh, that sort of feed uh, from a need to perpetually feed, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, that about sums it up. I really hate this because it feels like there's just one more piece we're missing that would really make this all tie together, but I don't know what it is. Well, the fact that this is something that sort of is bleeding over between our two realities, Never Never and, you know, here, that's definitely an important piece. Yes. So. I, I'm still on the clock for this sort of thing, so I'll still be investigating and working with you, glancing at Beaumont, uh, as best I can to get this figured out before it gets too much worse. Well, since you've already manipulated Fendra Lilu into being my sort of fairy informant. I guess we can work through her, huh? That probably would be would be best, since I do have to spend some of my time in court with squire duties, shall we say. Hmm. Yeah. Well, today has been a fucking day. Yeah. Uh, about that. Quick sidebar. He's going to pull uh, Dez and Sylvester and Roe and Ro into another room. Mm-hmm. Guys, I know we've sort of gotten away from the topic at hand, but I really appreciate what y'all did for me back there. I had no idea of the plan, and seeing it all come together like that, it... You know, I was thinking of leaving during all this. And, uh, today kind of remind me that remind me of the reasons why I haven't. First of all, because Burlington's fucked, and I'm we're in the best position to fix it, and second, ever since I started this whole monster hunting thing, I ain't really had a place to call home till y'all. Y'all are my home. Des is going to hug Albion. He's going to hug her back. And don't ever think about leaving. <laughs> we won't let you. <laughs> I-, I gathered that. Brings out the cuffs. Oh, well, that's kinky. That's my second time getting handcuffed in 48 hours. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> anyway, um, so Albion's just like, so, and Rowan, I meant a lot to have you there. Yeah, yeah, thanks. All right, so we should probably go see Marcus off before he... That that guy was an asshole anyway. No one liked him. I mean, she's right. You know, I gathered that. He seemed like a real piece of shit. No, I mean, I, yeah, I'm talking about, like, in the never-never, <laughs> nobody, no one liked him. <laughs> Again, I would gathered that. <laughs> anyway, we should go see Marcus off before he uh, fucks off into never-never for years again. 
I was only gone for a few months, but yeah, you sound off, King. Marcus. Yes. You know what's funny? There's a lot of times when you were gone that I was thinking, you know who'd have a plan right now is Marcus. <laughs> it's weird, but circumstances are kind of fucked, but it's good to have you back. I wish it was under different circumstances, but it is good to be back even for a short time it has been. Don't be a stranger, yeah? Well, I'm sort of obligated not to now, glancing at the warden again. So you'll be seeing a good amount of me, I imagine. Marcus, are you going to be okay? <sighs> um, yeah, I think I will. Um, that's sort of been my secret, Albion. I've actually not had a plan, <laughs> but now I do. And uh, I think I will be if this all shakes out as I hope it will. Well, I mean, when we have plans, we cook meth and blow up shacks, so no plan can't be much worse than that. I, I, oh, okay. Sounds like you guys have had fun. That's good. Sylvester sure did. <laughs> he always does. Yeah. <laughs> he killed, not only has he killed a hag with it, by kicking it to death, he has now killed an alpha whatever the fuck Wendy. with his car. <laughs> A Wendy, yeah. He ran down a Wendy with his van and came out unfucking scathed, so... And we blew up a bunch of them with the meth lab. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't... I don't really want to talk about that right now, pipes in Beaumont. I mean, I'm fascinated by this, but, uh... I'm <laughs> proud of you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> I, I, I also am amazed and impressed that your boots have become one of the worst weapons against the supernatural that I've ever seen. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh god, I don't need to be here for this. I'm going to go up to this bathroom now. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Hey, Marcus. Alright, good night. If you're Marcus, when you ain't here, you don't gotta worry. We got Ro watching our back, and Ro I don't know if you saw back there, but Ro kicks all sorts of ass. <laughs> I didn't actually see much until I arrived and uh blew up the winter fay, but I I believe it. And Ro just kind of smiles to herself and looks down at her feet. But, uh, I mean, you're all are still alive. Uh, I hope you're all have been doing okay. Um, I mean, other than the obvious, like the, well, I guess, I guess the hunt against you has been dealt with, uh, Albion. Have you been okay, Des? Um, that's a loaded question. Yes and no. Is there anything I can help with? Thing is, no. I I decided to severely stretch your hospitality today. No, there's nothing, nothing at all. All right. Just take care of yourself. Ah, uh, I will do the best that I can. Well, I will. I have I actually have some reporting to do, thanks to the information you've given me, so I guess I'd better go do that. Uh, just keep in touch with me through Fendra. Yeah, I don't think phones work through the Never Never. No, especially if it comes near me, it's going to explode. That's how I lost my uh, CD player that way. I was very sad. <laughs> well, we have us a direction forward. Let's say we take some time, patch ourselves up for now, and then we hit the ground running. Sounds good. I need a fucking drink. You've had like two. 
Ale Aid's not alcohol. This is soda. I need an actual drink. Oh, I haven't actually drunk it yet. I thought it was I thought it was alcohol. It's ginger ale. It's real tasty citrus ginger ale from the south. You're from upstairs, a- you can hear uh, uh, some gagging and retching. <laughs> Uh, and you, you hear the bathroom door open, and you hear, "How do you drink this? This is what? I don't, I don't understand. It, it's wrong. It, why is there bubbles?" Told you you were gonna hate it, but you didn't listen. It, it makes it. Oh God! It. Oh, now there are bubbles in my stomach too. Oh God! And you just you hear some really horrific noises from upstairs. Uh, as Marcus, you are stepping out of the house to oh leave your god. friends again. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. So does everybody um, pretty much uh, head out, head away from the house now? Yeah. You go and make sure that people's various vehicles have been retrieved and put in their right places. And it seems like it's not a slumber party at Dez's tonight. Because, well... <laughs> Body Snatcher's gone, so... She's very relieved because she needs to introvert very badly. Yeah. She, She's going to head actually down into the basement, and she goes to a little cement paving stone that she's been making, and she's actually been using tiny pieces of shattered teacups, and on the paving stone it says, Bienvenue, aim here. She looks at it for a few minutes, and then she just picks it up, and she throws it onto the ground and smashes it and starts to cry. Ro, mm-hmm. you are finally sleeping in your own apartment for the first time in a little while, and you walk up and you make your way into your apartment. You know, you have your cats there. I need you to make me an alertness roll real quick. All right. It's dark now, and, uh, you know, because it's been a heck of a day. Uh, and you're finally getting in a little late, but uh, make me an alertness and your target is three. All right. That's a six. Okay. The sound that you had initially ascribed to your cats uh, coming to greet you at the door is not that. In fact, you don't actually see your cats in your apartment right now. Oh, good. The noise is coming from... (laughs) somewhere else uh, that you aren't entirely certain of. Okay. Other than that, everything in your apartment is too quiet, and the lights are off. Alright. Ro takes 
exactly three steps in the door with her left hand, grabs the baseball bat she keeps in her umbrella stand, and goes to turn on the light. Okay. When you turn on the light, nothing seems to necessarily be out of order, but everything just feels a little uneasy and strange. And again, it is far too quiet in your apartment, especially considering that you are a cat mom and you still don't hear, you still don't hear anything. When you turn to investigate one way or another, out of the peripheral, you can see that your shadow is wrong. Okay. It's not shaped like you, and your shadow seems to be sort of moving of its own accord and making itself into a twisted mockery of a humanoid shape and the only thing that you have to relate this to is the horrifying encounter that you once had with Mr. Jack. Mm-hmm. What, how do you react to this very wrong shaped and moving of its own accord shadow? I'm going to take a couple step backwards um and just say, no, I, I don't want this. Your shadow is now, the space that it occupies moves to, a, you know, obviously with the way that the light is being cast uh, from the, the single bulb in the ceiling. If you step back far enough, then your shadow moves underneath you and across to the other wall where you have windows to the outside. Um, do I see anything else? wrong? Do you look at your own reflection in the illuminated glass of your window? Yes. You don't see your own face. You see the shape of your fiance Valencia holding the same baseball bat as you. And the shape of your shadow moves across the wall and surrounds your own reflected visage of your one love that you have not seen in, what is it, years? Seems to move around and engulf that. She swings the baseball bat at the, the window and it shatters inward, showering you in this just unbelievable darkness from outside that sucks the light out of the room and you awake in a cold sweat in your own bed. <sighs> Fuck. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.